Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. On the day I die, I want to be writing something or doing something or learning something or in Israel directing a movie or that's the way I'm going to go out. Because if we have a pulse, we have a purpose. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. When I saw this woman's name come through the inbox, I had to pinch myself. She's a living icon, a household name, and if you've ever stayed home from school as a kid, she was probably on your TV screen as you ate your morning cereal. Kathy Lee Gifford had a 45-year career in television and film as a playwright, producer, singer, songwriter, and actress, and you might know her best from her days alongside Regis Philbin on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, as well as the co-host of the fourth hour of the Today Show with Hoda. Now she's, quote, retired, and I say that with quotes because though she may not be on television where we're used to seeing her, Kathy Lee is just getting started with her new dreams and goals as an author and a voice for women on the precipice of their own life changes. Empty nest years, divorce, the death of a loved one, or a professional crisis or career change, Kathy Lee is here to talk about that universal search for meaning through any major life change. Kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but here she is, Kathy Lee Gifford. Thanks to Organifi for supporting Gold Digger. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends for plant-based nutrition that tastes great. To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash Gold Digger and use the promo code Gold Digger. Thanks to Babbel for supporting Gold Digger. Babbel is the number one selling language learning app. Today, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use the promo code Gold Digger. Welcome to the Gold Digger podcast, Kathy Lee. I am so grateful to have you today. 
Thank you, Jenna. I'm delighted to be with you and all your listeners. So looking back on your incredible career on TV and film, I want to know what emotion hits you first when you just kind of glance back at all that you've done? Well, after astonishment, <laughs> it, it's, it's always gratitude. Always gratitude. I mean, I've been through many, many, many difficult, painful things, but God got me through every one of them. I've had many triumphs that I never expected, and and God has celebrated with me. But honestly, the story of my life, Jenna, is God's faithfulness to me, not my faithfulness to Him. And that's where I'm at at this point in my life, especially. And people might say, but you're older, my gosh, and you're and you're a widow and your kids have moved away. And you're just, you know, why, why are you so joyful? Because the one constant in my life has been him, mm-hmm. Lord, my God. And he never leaves me or forsakes me. And so I can get lonely. And I do. I've been through crippling loneliness at times, but I'm never alone. And, and I, I think there's a huge distinction there. And there's so many lonely people in the world, Jenna. I, I hear from them all the time. They're just broken by life. They think there's no hope left for them because either they're, they're in bad health or their children don't speak to them or their husband has died or their dreams haven't come true. And I just don't believe that. There is hope. There is hope. You just got to look for it in the right places. Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I actually remember so distinctly when your husband passed, how you shared that. And it was just so, such a beautiful testimony. And it was just such a really, really unique way for you to use your voice and to share your platform. And I know that it impacted my life and I'm sure it impacted so many others. What did it feel like to kind of step out of your role in that moment and and step into that role of a wife and and as a believer? How was that for you? You know what? I don't separate anything in my life. People go, you know, you live you work in the secular world and but you're a spiritual person. I said, but you know, a plumber. (laughs) <laughs> works in a secular world. And, 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 you know, I mean, I don't separate the secular from the spiritual. The person that you saw show up every single day in the studio with Regis or in the studio with Hoda or anywhere else I did was just the authentic human being I am. Kathy Lee, child of God, who also happened to be maybe an actress, talk show host or singer or performer or whatever, whatever I was on that particular day. But The minute I saw Frank that morning on the ground in our sunroom on the floor and I, and he was gone and I knew it. He saw Jesus and Jesus took his, his breath away. And I later wrote a song about that with my friend, Brett James down here in Nashville. And I, you know, I, God will take the ashes in our life and bring beauty out of it. I mean, that was what some people would say would be one of the worst moments of my life. It should have been. This is a man I'd loved for 34 years, been married to for almost 30, and father of my children, my best friend. And yet I was holding him and crying tears of joy. Mm. Tears mm. of joy because I was happy for him. Mm. I knew where he was and I knew who with who he was with. And, you know... Was it difficult? Yeah, of course it was. But then Cody came and helped me with him and he was home at the time and we ended up making the decision that day and I write about it in the book to give Frank's brain to science to study because we knew 
that he'd had struggles with his uh, brain, probably because of CTE, and you can't you can't have a test for CTE until, until there's an autopsy. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we made that decision sitting at the kitchen table, like a lot of people have to, just to, you know, we're just human beings. We just mm-hmm. lost. He just lost his cherished father. Oh, Cody adored his dad and still does. Cass, too. And uh, we were concerned about Cassidy because she was on an airplane going off to do a movie. And well, she was. we didn't want her to find out on, on a television or on a radio or something. And, you know, I mean, life goes on. No matter who passes away in your life, life goes on for those who are still here. And I remember thinking, I got to go on the air. I got to go in the air. I'm going to take a week off to to be with my children, to be with our loved ones, and to and to grieve the reality that he is not going to be, you know, not coming to dinner, yeah. <laughs> not going to wake up with me and have coffee in the morning. We're not going to toast the sunset anymore. But but somebody said, "Well, you've lost him." I said, "No, I didn't lose him." Uh, that was a light lyric in the song. No, I didn't lose him. I know right where he, you know where he is. He was never really mine. He was always his, meaning the Lord. So, you know, I don't separate the secular from the spiritual. And I just opened up my heart and I didn't think about what I was going to say. I just trusted and started talking. Mm -hmm. And my sweet, sweet bosses there at NBC made no attempt to stop me. They said, Kathy, take as long as you need. Take as long as you need. I think it went viral within 10 seconds and (laughs) millions and millions of people saw it because people are people are hurting and people need answers. And if they've seen me, I'm sitting in a house right now that I live in here in Tennessee. That is a miracle that I live here in this house. And it's all, all because one the woman who owned it was watching me over and over and over during the years that I was on and, and going through horrendous, painful things of her own. And she said, if, she, if Kathy Lee can get up and go to work and, and praise God in the midst of what I know she's gone through, then I can get up and I can keep going. And so God used me in, in ways like that to just encourage people. And I'm grateful for that, really grateful. I've become dear friends with this lady and her husband who literally the Lord said to her one day, sell your house to Kathy. I want you to sell your house to Kathy. I was wow. her neighbor, and uh, she did. She had no idea where they were going, where they were going to live. She said, he'll take care of us. I, I mean, there are people out there that live their lives like this. Yeah. And thank God I found a whole bunch of them down here in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't oh, the Lone Ranger anymore. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Kathy, you are so inspiring. And one of the things that I am just so compelled to dive in with you today is kind of stepping into a second act and not just in terms of quote retirement. And I'm using quotes because I know you're not done. You're busy. You're busy. But I can't spell that word and I refuse to. (laughs) But more so of like a major life pivot or change. And I think that no matter what age you are, I think a lot of people specifically after the year we've faced, are at that pivotal place where they say, what am I stepping into? And what is this role I want to play in? Who am I? And what do I want to do with my life? And so I want to know, like, what have you been reflecting on? And, and what did it look like before your quote, retirement? Well, you know, people thought I retired when I left Regis. I had no intention of that. I went on to write a Broadway show that was Tony nominated. I made a couple of motion pictures. I wrote books. I raised my children. I, you know, I recorded a pop record. I mean, I never, ever, 
you know, you know, there's not one person in the Bible that ever retired. That's yeah. like a Western kind of notion. In the Bible, people just died. Okay, <laughs> they just died doing what they were put on this planet to do, and that's who I am. On the day I die, and I write about this in the, I want to be writing something or doing something or learning something or in Israel directing a movie or, that's the way I'm going to go out. Because if we have a pulse, we have a purpose. And even during this time of COVID, I've had the busiest years of my entire life. Movie that I wrote for my friend Craig Ferguson and I finally came out. I was promoting that. It was the number one movie in the country. It's still Mm. being seen all over the world. If you would have told me at the age of 67, I would have written and produced and starred in and co-written all the music in in a movie that's like a huge success. It's called Then Came You. I wouldn't, I'd laugh. I laugh at you. And then I had two books that have come out this year. I've written three more of my oratorios that I'm in the process of, of directing right now. Couldn't go to Israel because Israel's closed up because of COVID. So I went to Utah. I went to Texas. Just got back from both places. And we're about ready to start post-production on those. It'll be an hour and a half long and come out as a motion picture in uh, at Easter time. It's called The Way. My father used to say to me when I was growing up so many great things, but he said, Kathy, I love you too much to deny you the privilege of making mistakes. Mm. So I've always had this sense of fearlessness. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm afraid of not, of not trying. I'm afraid mm. of missing out on something because I let fear paralyze me. So I didn't let this, this virus paralyze me. I went down to, to Florida. I kept writing. I was on the phone every day. I was doing Zooms with my, my creative team. I was recording when I could. I was stayed there for a month. And when Little Tennessee started opening up, we were one of the first states to do that. I got on a plane and I came home. And I have, haven't stopped working since. I just don't believe the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And God loves me perfectly. And, I, and when I live my life in fear, I am disrespecting my God. It's not he commands us, fear not. Fear not, let not your heart be troubled. I am with you and my promises are true. If you trust me and walk with me, you will see that I am the God of the how and when. I'm the God of my word. I'm the God who sees and I am the God of the other side. And um, those are the four oratorios now that make up my, my new work called The Way. And I feel like, Jenna, it's the culmination of every gift God's ever given me, every experience I've ever had, every time I stood in front of a camera or got on a stage or an audience of any kind. God uses everything for his glory if we allow him to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so good. And I, I think that when I think of you, a lot of people love to use labels, right? To like mm-hmm. identify and to give us an identity. And I'm very clear on where your identity is. And I'm curious because I think a lot of women, specifically when it comes to career, really cling to those titles in order to feel important, in order to communicate what their purpose is or their their dedication to whatever craft they're doing. That's right. And I'm curious, like, how did you decide to kind of end that big portion of your life of what people had known you for in order to pivot into these other gifts and these other curiosities and these other creative endeavors that you held? A really good question, because you're right. Labels are so cruel. 
Nobody <laughs> is one dimensional. Nobody is one mm-hmm. faceted. They're just not. Everybody's interesting and everybody has different gifts. And I remember when I, I, all I'd ever tried to be in my life and wanted to be was an actress and a singer. And that's what the road I was on when I got the call mm-hmm. to, to audition for Good Morning America. And I remember saying, well, what do they want me to do? They said, <laughs> they want you to, to become the new co-host eventually. They want to train you to be. I said, but I'm not a journalist. You know, I'm not. I'm an actress and a singer and an entertainer. And they yeah. said that they don't want that. They want somebody that's just naturally curious, who has no trouble talking to a rock, because I don't. <laughs> and I said, well, all right, I'll, I'll try that for a year. But I remember the executive producer saying to me, okay, so now during this year that you're going to be here, you, you won't be acting and, and singing. And I went, well, yes, I am. I'm not going to give that up. That's who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. And she said, how, how are you going to do that? I said, when I'm finished doing my job for you, I'm going to get on a, in a car or on a helicopter or something. I'm going to go do two shows in Atlantic City, and I'll be back at four in the morning to do the Outpo commercial for you. And then she looked at me <laughs> like, you, that's not humanly possible. And I went, you, have, you don't know me yet. <laughs> and I did that for, it wasn't one year. It ended up being three years. And, and that's when I changed and, and did went to the show with Regis, but also did one more year of Good Morning America while I was doing the, the other show simultaneously with Regis. Mm. I just wouldn't let them define me, Jenna. People yeah. will treat you the way you let them. Mm. You have to fight for yourself too. Do it in a gracious way. Do it in a way like, no, I'm sorry. My joy is non-negotiable. I'm an actress. I'm a singer. That's who I am at my core. And when I leave this job, and I will someday, I am not going to go back to it because I left it. I will just be continuing it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I don't even like the word reinvent because I didn't invent myself to begin with. Nobody invents themselves. God creates us. Yeah. Now you can invent a new chapter in your life if you're someone like Madonna who was brilliant at saying, you know what? How am I going to sell the next record? Mm. All right, I'm going to be a cowgirl. I'm going to dress up like a cowgirl. Or I'm going to be this. Or I'm going to, you know, she was genius at it. I would no more know how to do that. All I do is pray (laughs) about stuff and just get up in the morning and go do what I think God wants me to do. I lose my mind trying to think that, oh dear, what have I got to do to keep myself relevant? Yeah. If I'm alive, I'm relevant. Yes. Everyone oh, is. that is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And if I'm speaking truth while I'm alive, I'm really relevant, yes. especially in a world today where we don't know where truth is anymore. We can't seem to find it on any channel. We can't seem to find it in our pulpits. We can't seem to find it in our schools. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so I just follow him. And not in a religious way. I'm the least religious person you've ever met. And if people only knew me from my show with Regis and the show with Hoda, they knew about 5% of me. Yes. I, I can be silly. I can act silly. But I'm not a silly person. I'm, a, I'm like 99% pretty darn serious. But I love to have fun. I love to make people laugh. I love to, to share things that, that might help people and guide them towards the truth that I have found in my life. But I don't like to be preached at. So I don't appreciate it when somebody tries to do it to me. That's what breaks my heart about the world we live in today, where people just scream at one another. We no longer even speak civilly to one another. I have so many friends 
I write a lot about it in the book, who are completely different from me, believe differently politically, believe differently spiritually. I have atheist friends. I have Sikh friends. I have Scientology friends. I love them all, all. And I let them be who they are. It's none of my business. But I, you know, it is my business. What Jesus said, which is love one another as I have loved you and leave everything else up to me. And I tell you, even when you actually try to live your life that way, even loving the unlovely, like in the case of Howard Stern in my life, who for 30 years, I won't give it away, but 30 years spent, I mean, viciously and maliciously trying to destroy me. And I'd never met the man, never listened to his show, never, you know, anything. But he chose to hate my guts. And I tell the story in the book about, you know, how God redeemed even that. Why? Because every time he said something or did something and I heard about it, I just prayed for the man. Mm. And love cannot live where hate does. It simply can't. Any more than darkness can live in light. You know, one candle will dispel darkness. Yeah. And I'm in the construction business, not the destruction business. And so many people live their lives destructively now, thinking that they're going to change the world. Well, destruction doesn't change. It just destroys the world. And it will destroy the people, too, that are actually, you know, living their lives that way. Can you imagine waking up every morning and thinking, who can I hurt today? Who can I damage today? Who can I cancel in culture today? Only because I'm trying to deal with all the hurts in my own life. Only because I want what other people have. I don't want to work for it, but I deserve it. I mean, we live in a culture of too much of that. Too much of that. And not enough of, you know, trying to live our life, uh, you know, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. We got a lot of self-love in this world. We don't have much neighborly love, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't try to change the world. I just know that it's possible to change one person's heart at a time or feed one person's belly at a time or put one coat on one cold back at a time. Uh, We have all these grandiose plans when Jesus said, just love them like I love you. Mm -hmm. Yes. J'aime les podcasting. In case you don't speak French, that means I love podcasting. I'm learning French with Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. One of my goals for the new year was to challenge myself to brush up on the language that I studied back in high school. But unlike the infamous language classes from my school days, Babbel designs their courses with practical real world conversations in mind. Babbel has made the whole process addictively fun and easy with bite-sized lessons. Just 15 minutes make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and your accent. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. I like popping on a lesson with my Bluetooth speaker in the bathtub, or un benoit, I should say. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code GOLD Digger. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com code gold digger for an extra three months free. Babbel language for life. You've heard me talk about Organifi for a few weeks now and quick update. I still love Organifi. Drew and I now have a daily Organifi habit. They truly taste so good and the benefits of these super convenient all-in-one blends are really impressive. 
Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer great tasting plant-based nutrition. Their blends are gently dried superfood powder that you simply mix with water. 30 seconds later, you've got a drink packed with quality nutrition without shopping, chopping, juicing, or blending. Each Organifi product offers a different set of health benefits, like helping increase energy with red juice or calming support so you can fall asleep with ease with gold tea. We keep reaching for the red juice for an energy boost without caffeine. Listen to these ingredients. Red beet, pomegranate, acai, strawberries, blueberries, cordyceps, reishi mushroom. Just a few of the superfoods packed into a powder for an easy mind and body recharge. To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash Gold Digger and use the promo code Gold Digger. That's 15% off any product at O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Gold Digger with a promo code Gold Digger. I'm curious to know, you touched on so many good things in that. And, you know, when you said, you know, if people only know me from what they saw, they know 5%. And I think that so much of that goes today with the internet era and even with social media, you know, Mm -hmm. we're sharing just tiny glimpses of our lives. I know, you know, as a mom, for me, it's like if I share one minute of my day, you're seeing just this little fraction of what reality looks like. And watching the way that everyone communicates and watches one another, you know, in your lifetime and through the evolution of your career, you've really witnessed how all of a sudden now celebrities are accessible and people can directly reach out and get into your inbox and and have this direct line to you. What are your thoughts on all of that? Because I think that a lot of times we take things at face value and people assume they know you just from watching you on TV or they know someone just from following them online without really understanding the context and really what life looks like offline. <laughs> or off camera. Right. Or right. off the air in your case. Yeah. I really honestly don't think I could have had the career I've had at all if social media had existed at that time. Yeah. Because everything I did was based on my authentic reaction to things. Yeah. On me being honest and unfiltered and fearless on the air. Now you have to be careful of absolutely every word you say or people want to cult- or want to, you know, culturally cancel you. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of being tolerant, which we all say we want to be. Yeah. It's just so it's just so incredibly hypocritical. And again, it's, it's people now have power that they didn't have for years and years and years. And power can be a wonderful thing in the right hands. It can be the most destructive thing ever. You know, how do you use it? And I don't go on social media much at all, except for I tweet a scripture every morning. I never, ever discuss politics ever. Yeah. My political views are my own and nobody else's because politics divide. And I don't want to be a divider. You know, I just try to share the word of God, which is powerful, is the most powerful thing in the whole world is the word of God. So I just try to love people, try to give them a prayer and a, and a, and a thought from scripture that they can, you know, if they read it or not, is not the point. The point is that I'm faithful to do it every day. And, and so then I give it to God. I leave it. I leave it with him. Whoever sees it. The other day, I mean, my dear friend, Bobby Thomas has just lost her her husband tragically to a terrible disease that he fought and fought and fought. She was married at my home, she and Michael. Uh, You know, I got something on my Instagram that just said, you have nothing to say about Bobby Thomas. I thought you were friends. And I just, you know, I stopped at that. 
And I said, Lord, Lord, don't let me, you know, I, I need this like a hole in the head right now. What would you like me to say to her? And I don't respond to everybody. And if somebody's truly rude or crass or whatever, I just delete it. I'm not going to put up with that. But this person, you know, I just thought, you know what? I'm talking. I'm praying for Bobby, obviously, every single day. I'm talking to her or texting her every single day. We have gotten to the point in our lives and sometimes in our careers where we just do things for show. Yeah. We just do them so the world will go, oh, look at her. She cares about her friend. So I think I said something like, I have been communicating with Bobby every day as good friends do. Thank you for your concern. But it's nobody's business what I say to Bobby Thomas. It's nobody's or anybody else. And we've got to work at keeping our lives authentic. And I try to work at not posting anything that's just like, look at me, aren't I wonderful? Or Mm -hmm. look at me, uh, look what I'm doing now. There's always a greater purpose to everything I do. It isn't about me. And that goes against everything in our culture today. Mm -hmm. It's not about us. It's about Mm -hmm. kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. And how, what do we do today, right now to share God's love with people? Whether it's a woman who's now a widow at at her age, so young, losing the love of her life and the father of her child, you know, Lord, how do you want me to love Bobby today? You know, and it's not for, it's not for the world. It's not so I can feed the beast. It's so I can love my friend. So I just always fight against that. I don't care what people think. I would love to be able to make T-shirts that say, in a very loving way, I'm so sorry, but I think you're confusing me with somebody who cares what you think. (laughs) I think you should do that. I think it'd be a hit. It's just the truth, whether you're a famous person or not. Don't you just get tired of people saying, you know, I just got to tell you. And I want to say, no, you don't got to tell me. You don't. You want to. And you feel this need to, but you don't stop and ask yourself, why? I don't feel the need to tell the whole world what I'm sharing privately with my friend. And I'm not going to let anybody on social media or anywhere else tell me how to live my life or love my friends or raise my children or worship my God or vote or anything else. I know my mom and I just had this conversation because I have a two-year-old and my mom was just saying, man, like parenting is just so complex these days with you're just bombarded by information and it drowns out your intuition because Mm -hmm. everywhere you look, there's just a different way of doing things or you're doing this wrong or don't do this or don't say this. And I was reading a book last night and it was talking about how that, you know, a decade ago, parents would go to the the doctor and they'd say, you know, like, my child is wetting the bed. What is wrong with him? And now these days, parents go to the doctor and they say, my child is wetting the bed. What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And it's just funny how, you know, the way that we learn and the way that we engage and the way that we communicate has changed and that that can be of benefit. But at times I think you kind of referenced this earlier, like the noise is too loud. It's like we're, we're playing in this shouting match and sometimes we just need to silence that so we can get back to like the right whispers that we're meant to hear. And I think that that's just something that, that specifically my generation who have been raised, you know, in this internet era needs to get back to and needs to 
create boundaries around. So I love just kind of how you feel about that and and what your feedback is. Well, you were saying that. I'm thinking now yeah. I'm the one that's wetting the bed. So now like, what do I do? <laughs> I have to pee right now. I'm being honest with you. That is the highlight of my day. Do we need to pause so that you no. can go to the restroom? <laughs> that's okay. Here, here, this will make you feel all kinds of better. I just got back from a run right before we sat down. Because right. in the mom CEO life, you've got to just make time for things. And I sat down to stretch after my run and I realized that I have a hole where my thighs rub together. And my first thought was not, oh, dang it. Like my, my pants are ruined. My first thought was, well, look at my thighs were so busy cheering me on and clapping on that run that they bust a hole in the seam of my crotch. So, you know, shouts of joy, <laughs> right? You can look at things one of two ways, right? You and can you look at things always from a different perspective. That's hysterical. Oh. Yes, the woman that is my business partner and everything that I do now and has been for the last 30 years started out as my nanny for Cody. She came to work for me full time on the day Cody was born. And I tease her all the time. I said, now she's wiping my buns. (laughs) The circle of life. (laughs) And you navigate them. Everything changes in this world, but the nature of God. Yeah. He does not yeah. change. And I cling to him because of it. And yeah. and then you can laugh about the hole in your pants and you can laugh <laughs> at the future and you can laugh at oh, everything that life throws at you. You can yeah. still have a sense of humor about it. You have to. You yes. have to. That's God's. That's like tear ducts. God gives you tear ducts for a purpose. God gives you a funny bone for a purpose. Yeah. We can't get through life with either one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. One of the things that I just have been thinking about so much is so many of our listeners right now are at so many different phases of their life and of their business and their their journey in entrepreneurship. And some right now are like poised and in position for a major pivot. I think that, you know, we are just coming out of this season of hitting the pause button and the reset button and asking ourselves those questions and maybe silencing the world's feedback so that we can get really honest with ourselves, And I'm so curious, Kathy Lee, what is your advice that you would give to people that are about to close the door on something that's been like a major part of their life in order to kind of pursue those new passions or curiosities? Don't tell people what you want to do if you know that they are the kind of people that are going to discourage you. Surround yourself with people that cheerlead you that understands you, that are not going to try to control you. And even if it's your mother, don't tell her. Don't tell her. You know she's going to say, you can't do that. Don't listen to the naysayers, no no matter who they are. I would never have had the kind of life I've had or the career that I've had or the children. If If I had listened to those people, you're always going to have an abundance of people that tell you you can't do something. All you need is one who can tell you you can Listen to them. And you know who tells you more than anybody that you can? God, one of my favorite scriptures is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4, 13. And somebody said to me the other day, the good way to translate that as well is I can do all seasons of my life through God Mm -hmm. who strengthens me. But we can't do it alone. And no matter how lofty your dream is or, or how humble, give it to God, you guys. 
Give it to God. Even if you've never done that before, trust him for the first time in your life. It's never too late to trust God. Get to know people that walk with him and ask them what they think. Ask them to pray for you. They'd be delighted to do that. You touched on a line in your last response, the it's never too late. And I know that that's the title of your new book, the one for grownups, because you also have a children's book too. Mm-hmm. But that phrase is also something that I think women struggle with more than anything. I was just having a conversation with my girlfriends because we're in that season of growing our family and learning how to juggle career and ambition with motherhood and what that looks like. And, you know, I think that so often with women, we just have these clocks ticking that tell us it's too late. You're too late. You you should have done this before. Why do you think women have believed that they reach a deadline for pursuing dreams on their heart? Because the world has told us that since the day we're born. Yeah. Better find Prince Charming before you become an old maid. Already, already they're telling us in our fairy tales and things like that. I wrote a book years ago that had a story and it. it was a little Disney book, Christmas book. And I wrote a story in it called, uh, basically called a, a feminist fairy tale. Ends up with Princess Cassidy up in the tower and the whole thing. And the guy comes and he's killing, knocking down the, the, the dragons and climbing the this and fording the thing. And, and, fi- and he's like the perfect guy. And he finally climbs up and says, Princess Cassidy, here I am. And she basically takes one look at him and goes, but you're not my type. <laughs> I, I like her. She's my kind of girl. <laughs> I love it because all her life, that's what the world has told us. Get married, yeah. have children, you know. And I, I write in the book, you know, about being offered a Broadway show with Julie Andrews asked me to take mm-hmm. over for her on Broadway. Uh, just one night a week. But Cassidy was one year old. And I had to say no to Mary Poppins. I had to say, I can't. My daughter's one as much as I'd want to do Broadway, but I can't. And she was so gracious. And she said, Kathy, I had to make the same decisions when my children were little. She said, you will never, ever regret or resent Mm -hmm. putting your children first. There will be time for those dreams if you put your, have your right priorities at the time. And I was so grateful to her for that. And I said no to an incredible opportunity. Seven years later, Carol Burnett and Stephen Sondheim come to me and ask me to take over one day a week for Carol. This time, Cassidy's eight. And she's the most independent little pudding you've ever met in your life. And I said, you know what? I can do this now. I was working with Regis. And I did it. And I remember thinking, I'm so glad I waited for this. Mm. Never dreamed later I would write a show for Broadway and produce it, a musical. And it closed after three weeks, broke my heart. But I got it there by the grace of God. It got on. My leading lady was nominated for a Tony Award, and she sure wasn't up there reciting the Yellow Pages. You know, and Sondheim said to me when I did the show with him and, and Carol, it looked like I would not get my opening night. I said, but I want to thank you, Stephen, because I've gotten everything I could have gotten out of this experience. And he said something so critical. He looked at me in my dressing room, just all alone with Stephen Sondheim. Can you imagine? His, his notes are legendary. I thought he was going to rip into me. My one and only rehearsal before I was supposed to have my Broadway debut. And I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. And it never came. I told him how grateful I was. And that it would mean the world to me because I just, you know, got everything out of it that I had hoped. And he looked at me and he goes, Kathy, because you did the work. 
And too many people in our world today are not willing to do the work. They're not willing to stand in line, let other people get there first, learn from each thing that happens to you in your career. I do. I go through a whole litany in the book about how I went to Hollywood and just got rejection after rejection after rejection and was ready to give up, you know, because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go, you know, go back to, you know, I was going to be a French teacher or a florist. I don't know. I was going to do something different, but I learned from each thing that I missed out on. I learned from each thing that I failed at along the way. And it created perseverance in me and it created character in me. And when I had all those things, that's when the success came. Mm. Because I'm a work in progress and I still am. And so each time I'm presented with new opportunities, like to direct, I'm not afraid of it. I go, I'm ready to direct. I've been in front of a camera for 55 years. Bring it on. I'm ready. (laughs) It's just an exciting way to live your life. Life should be an adventure, not a burden. Yeah. You should wake up every morning and go, what are we doing today, Lord? What's today? Like a little kid. Yes. I am still a little kid. And I can't wait to get at it. I cannot wait and do everything as unto the Lord, Scripture says, even each menial task. Each time you change your baby's diaper, praise God that that diaper is full because it means you could feed your child and their little system works just the way God made it to. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's all how we look at things. Attitude of gratitude. You know, we can can all be bitter because of what happens to us in our life, or we can change the letter I to an E because it's not about us. And we say, no, I can be better. Yes. I can be better. It's all in the letter I. (laughs) Kathy, where can everybody find you, connect with you, get their hands on your book, consume your work? I want to make sure that everyone is connected to these messages on a daily basis. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, my Twitter... My, uh, my Instagram always has my scriptures. Always you can catch up with me what I'm doing. Once in a while, I put some personal things on there, but it's, it's really quite work-related. It's Kathy with an I-E, L Gifford. I don't know. Just go on my website. <laughs> uh, Gifford, and it all pops up, you know. I mean, it all pops up, sadly. It's all there. Oh, <laughs> you you stop it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am just so excited for women everywhere to hear your inspiring message. And I just can't wait to watch as your future continues to unfold. You are so precious, Jenna. Lord bless you and your beautiful family. What a treat. It was so fun. I texted my mom before I did this interview, like, mom, guess who I'm talking to today? And it's just so wild to me, the opportunity that podcasting has allowed in order to connect with incredible human beings. I hope that today you leave this interview feeling inspired and ready to continue to create who you are and to understand that your identity can shift with the seasons and that you are multidimensional. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. 
I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 